0: Hey guys, this is Trevor Probant. This is the uh, Dirt Road to Wealth Land Investing Podcast. I am sitting on the front porch at the barn at our family ranch, listening to it rain on the tin roof, Um, out here with the dogs, running them around doing some stuff. But I keep coming across a couple things here recently and have reiterated why I like Land and real estate above everything else, I just got done reading a uh, article in The Guardian, and it's discussing everyone all of course it does the worst case scenarios, but it's talking about cryptocurrency and the people that invested in it, and how they've lost their life savings, how they've you know gone from doing drugs and all that other stuff. <laughs> partying to doing drugs to cope with the loss of all their money. And I've got nothing for crypto or against crypto or anything else like that. But what I do have is that is a absolute rule to me, and I hope it is to you too, is that you invest in things that you have control over and you invest in things that you can have inside trading. You can have inside information about That's why I like real estate. I remember being 20, 21, 22, just out of college. I read every single book I could on uh Wall Street and investing in stocks and bonds and but especially stocks, right? And you talk about it, you read about it, you understand all this other stuff, and that you could be a fundamental investor. And I invested a little bit of money, of course, didn't have hardly anything. And I even remember doing like those little fake accounts, and uh, what do you call? What do they call them? I can't remember. Of course, this is like two thousand six, seven, you know. Um. Anyway, where you it's kind of like a fake account, and you know, if you invest invested this much in this time, and all this other stuff, and anyway. I couldn't figure out why I come in and read the quarterly reports from businesses and do everything else like that, like deep dive, deep dive into reporting. I couldn't figure out the ones I liked and the ones that were making money. I couldn't figure out why their stock valuations continued to plummet. I was like, man, this whole thing makes no sense to me, right? I, I don't, I don't understand why this is. I don't understand, you know, you know, that emotionally this is how things go. And then I really started thinking about and actually reading the beginnings of the SEC. I read about. JFK, uh, Mr. Kennedy, he was the first um, director of the SEC, Um, reading about how they used to do the pump and dump deals, and especially during Prohibition and, and all these things, and I realized that all the good investments are set up for rich people. And the retail investor, you and I, are given opportunities to buy the most watered-down, highest chance to lay there like a freaking dog investments possible. All in the name of being a safe place, a safe haven to put our money what a load of crap. But JP Morgan, those boys, all the real good connections, you know, all those guys that set up our our systems. I realized that they set it up for a reason. So they control more capital. Good for them. I also realized that I wasn't smart enough to beat all the quants and all the computers and all the, you know, I don't know if you've ever read the book Flash Boys. Fantastic book. Um, But, you know, these high-volume traders, you know, these guys out of MIT and Yale and Harvard and everything else like this that do high-volume trading for, you know, quarters of Pennies per trade, but they're in and out, all this other stuff. And then I realized that I couldn't have information that no one else had. Unless, you know, you go to the Wall Street, you know, the movie back in the day, Gordon Gecko. You know, Charlie Sheen in the first deal has uh, his dad's working for the company. So he had some information, inside information. I couldn't do that, especially where I lived. So I had no idea what was coming down on that quarterly report until I seen it. Just like everyone else. I thought that was a terrible way to make money. Guess what? I still think that. Okay? And I'll get to my point here in just a minute. But really, what I wanted to think about is, or wanted you to think about, is putting your investments where you have a competitive advantage, right? You could know more about any market than anyone alive. Whether that is a western part of a county, whether that is a subdivision or three or four subdivisions in a city. You know, I mean, literally... You can be the king of your own backyard. And I've talked to many people that have made tens of millions of dollars working in one or two counties. Development, owning houses, you know, one way or the other. And because you can have more information than anyone else, because you can talk to sellers, willing sellers, right? Text, cold call, door knock, letters, postcards, whatever that may be. You can talk to them and talk to Miss Sally and Mr. Jim and everyone else next door, you know, down the street. You can know when someone's about to sell their property or thinking about selling their property before anyone else. Okay? Okay. Here's the thing about it, especially when it comes to, you know, some of your multifamily or more of your, especially your single family homes, right? The market on those is what we call, obviously, real estate is an imperfect market. That's what that's what we want to refer to, right? There's a perfect market and an imperfect market. Imperfect market is the knowledge that there are... Differences in properties, right? Even though, you know, we come across and we see these six houses right across, you know, right next door to each other. They're all, you know, 2001 build, three bedroom, two bath, you know, basically the same house built by the same builder within six months of each other. We can say that, yes, this is probably going to be worth 300000 right? Even the CMAs, how we do our stuff, comparative, comparative market analysis, right, when we come and do our uh, appraisals. We can pretty much guess that this is going to be this much. However, not everyone and their dog knows that, and not every time, single time that something comes up for sale Not the entire market and the entire world knows about that at any time, anywhere. Okay, I can tell you exactly at 6.49 p.m. Central Time, I can tell you exactly what the price is for a share of Apple. What I can't tell you is the exact price of the third house on the left on Oak Trail in San Angelo, Texas. I can get a guesstimation, but I don't know until I put it out to the free market. Right? That is called an imperfect market versus a quote unquote perfect market. Same thing with a lot of, lot of stuff. It's just and the individual spot price is going to be quote unquote perfect for the individual stock, barrel of oil, one way or other. Obviously, commodities trade in futures, but it's neither here nor there. Anyway. The cool thing about that is you can have a competitive advantage when it comes to a house or apartment complex or one way or the other. That market is still more perfect than raw land. Okay? And I'm just going to talk about sub $100,000 raw land pieces. It also is the same. It's actually even more so with larger tracks, but we're going to keep it real basic. Okay? Because sub-$100,000 properties are usually not financeable by a bank, that means that liquidity is a limiting reagent, limiting factor when it comes to the... I guess the velocity which things trade. Okay? Right? Like, I can go on to... Robin Hood or TD America or whatever and buy Apple and, you know, Apple stocks in three minutes, right? Three seconds, whatever. I can't do that and it doesn't trade as quickly and efficiently whenever we're talking about real estate, okay? So going back to the the sub $100,000 parcels, The only reason that we're able to buy these properties below market value, even what we deem as market value, is because the lack of liquidity because the banks don't lend on it, right? That is the only reason we have that opportunity. So, you can either try to be smart about it and sell it for way below market value. Your, your end product way won't blow market value. Or you can try to fill in the gap where banks have fallen short because of regulatory concerns. Okay? Houses don't even like lending on sub $100,000 houses. They don't make enough in fees, and they've got a higher chance, especially with raw vacant land, you've got a much higher chance of having to repossess that thing. And they're not going to be the first, they're not going to be the only Indian out there playing in that pool because then again, if they have to foreclose on it, they may sit on that thing for years. Okay? Because they're the only bank that's sitting out there with that capital out there in the marketplace. So, get to the point, Trevor. When we're coming in to market, you really need to focus on an area two or three areas that you know and like especially the first year or two and then to be honest with you if you've got some really good areas that you really enjoy you should that you've built up hard-earned calluses and buyers you know list of buyers and potential sellers and surveyors and brokers and all that other stuff You need to be able to come in and focus on certain areas and then what you're going to need to do, especially in this changing market, is you're going to need to be able to get affordable options and that means easy financing for your end buyer. Okay? This changing market is fantastic to continue to buy low and then give really good sales side options through owner financing or whatever that may be. I had an interesting conversation earlier with a gentleman that buys and sells notes. And it was, it was a fun call, call because we were talking about it and we we're saying, Hey, you know, as these interest rates go up, we may be able to charge 10, 12% on our notes. And he was like, listen, if you get a good down payment and 10 or 12% interest on your notes. He's like, if I can't buy it, I'll find somebody that'll buy it close to par. So what that means is your opportunity to buy something, especially right now when everyone's just trying to get cash out to buy a $70,000 parcel for twenty twenty five thousand 25000 bucks and then sell it at $75,000 with, you know, 10, 15, 20% down and easy financing, right? For Twenty or thirty years, right? To be able to do all that, and then to be able to sell it for, you know, ninety cents on the dollar. It's a way for you get to pay get paid multiple times. So that you get paid your down payment, right? Let's just take that example. Buy it for twenty five, sell it for seventy five, right? And you're gonna take say 20% down. Let's just say that's 15,000, right? So you got 15,000, you got a $60,000 note at a 12 year or a 12% interest rate over 30 years, 20 years, whatever. So then you could then come in and then cash them out at say 55,000. You got somebody so your basis only in there is $10,000 and then you could with enough seasoning and a good enough down payment, then you can be able to come in and have a note buyer. One, either buy a partial, which is the first few months, whatever you negotiate, or years on that, and then you're free and clear all your money back out. Or what you can do is you wrap that sucker up and put it on the market to be sold, right? So you've got $10,000 in this thing. You're getting paid 600 bucks a month or whatever it is, 500 bucks a month. And then because you're smart about your notes, you're able to then get $50,000 on top of the 15000 So you're going to make $65,000 on a $25,000 purchase. It may take you a few months, but you're making money on the down payment. You're making money on the cash flow as they're paying it and then you can either cash it yourself out all at one time I think that is a fantastic way to go right now um, again things may take a little bit longer to sell right but it's going to be a heck of a lot easier to buy <clears throat> so um, again if you give somebody a good deal on the sale side you're going to be good just something, random musings of a dude sitting in a tree or sitting in a swing underneath the barn listening to the rain on a wonderful Tuesday evening. Have a great day, guys. Thanks.